Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. So this is uh, Phil Catalfo. Um, really glad to to have you here tonight. Good to see you again. And uh, his his neighbor is uh, is a good friend um, and publisher of Inquiring Mind, Alan Overdor. So, Tried to talk him into coming today, but I guess he's done this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Phil and um, actually um, last month Jennifer uh, Braun from our community uh, uh, told me about something that she was involved in that's uh, been really inspiring uh, for her and that perhaps uh, we'd be interested in hearing about uh, what she's into, uh, and that is uh, this project that Phil started called the Berkeley Neighborhood Food Project. And so uh, I thought it would be a, a good idea to um, to have Phil here, hear about the project, and but putting it in a context as we explore together, and it can, can be a a uh, doesn't have to be a one-way uh, conversation. Just about um, the uh, the joys of generosity uh, and a, a larger Dharma exploration. So first, um, I want to ask you: How did you get started with this? And uh, and uh, yeah, just share anything uh, about how it developed okay. and from anything you want to talk about. For first of all. Thank you for having me here. And uh, James and, and Jennifer, thank you for creating this opportunity. Um, I, I, to answer your question from a little earlier, I've been living in Berkeley since 1975. And uh, it feels like all of my authentic life has happened here. Um, raised my family here. Children went to school here. I've been involved in a number of different uh, community efforts over the years, uh, from the school PTA to... Um, Building new soccer fields. Um, by the way, how old is Adam now? He was, Adam was about this tall and playing yeah. soccer last night we saw each other. Adam was yeah. in uh, in the yeah. soccer yeah. league that <laughs> Phil was a, a, a very main uh, a key key player. And Adam is 26 <laughs> and he's like that tall. Yeah, yeah. six foot four. Yeah. I have I have a six foot four, t- 26 year old too. So I I I, I feel you. Um, anyway, so. Um, I uh, have long felt a a real uh, attachment to this community and have long looked for opportunities to to give back. Uh, For the last five years, I've been on the Berkeley Waterfront Commission, which has been a great opportunity for service for me. And last year, I got a call from a good friend who used to live in Berkeley but who has been living in uh, southern Oregon for the last 20 years or so, um, who helped create the neighborhood food project there started in Ashland and grew to Medford and other communities in Jackson County. They've been doing it there for about three or four years. And he said, you know, we want to try to spread this to other communities. And and I think, you know, you'd really like this and be something you'd be good at to get going in Berkeley. So uh, my wife and I traveled up to Ashland to see how they do it. And uh, we were blown away. And since last summer, I've been organizing it here. Uh, Let me just 
say it for a minute how this works. It's organized by neighborhoods, so we have people we call neighborhood coordinators. Jennifer is one. Uh, go around in their neighborhoods. They can go door to door. I send out emails in my neighborhood because I'm kind of lazy that way. And uh, um, just ask people to uh, to contribute food. In this case, we're contributing the food to the Berkeley Food Pantry, which is a project that's been going on since 1969 at the Berkeley Friends Church over at uh, Cedar in Sacramento. The church started the project and has kept it going all these years. And um, so we we ask people. Uh, there's a particular way in which we we ask people to, to provide this food. We give them these reusable green shopping bags, which are very helpfully stamped with the logo and the website and the phone number. Uh, and we say, here, just put this in the corner of your kitchen or pantry or whatever, and every time you go grocery shopping, just get one extra thing and stick it in this bag. And then in two months, we'll come by and we'll pick up the bag. We'll remind you of the day that we're going to pick it up. And it's a Saturday. And then we'd say, you know, by 9 a.m. that morning, just leave it out on your porch. And we'll come by, we'll pick up the bag, and we'll leave an empty bag. It's not very complicated. It's extremely painless. Uh, you got to go grocery shopping anyway. Uh, and you're just getting one extra thing, one extra package of pasta or can of beans or, or almost anything non-perishable. And so every two months, the neighborhood coordinators go around on their neighborhoods, pick up the bags, and bring them down to the, the Berkeley Friends Church, where the food pantry is located, drop off the food, get empty bags. Uh, there are volunteers at the church who receive the food, and they weigh it so we know how much we're bringing in. They sort it, and they put it in the pantry. And then the pantry immediately starts giving it out. They Three times a week, on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday afternoons, they provide a couple of grocery bags full of food to their clientele. They have, I think, a list of about seven or 800 or maybe as many as 900 families that they serve in uh, Ber- mainly Berkeley but also in Albany. And those people can come once a month and get a provision of groceries. Now, the pantry, as I said, has been doing this for over 40 years. They get food through the Alameda County Community Food Bank. They get surplus food from the U.S. government. They get some grants. You know, this is is just a a portion of their stores, although our aim is to make it a a, a big portion as we grow. I can tell you that we've been doing it here in Berkeley with the Berkeley Food Pantry just since the summer. We've had three collection cycles, and we've already collected about 3,500 pounds of food. Um. And that's without hardly even trying. I have, I have been very deliberate about not trying to grow the project too fast because I sort of wanted us to get a feel for how it works and what it takes and what issues come up. In, in Jackson County, which is where Ashland and Medford are, well, as I say, they've been at it three or four years, and they have several thousand donor households. But they collect 50,000 pounds of food in a day. And that's... 300,000 pounds of food that were not in the food stream before. Um, That's on top of all the efforts that all the agencies and food pantries and and, uh, all the rest are already doing. Uh, And it's not 
in lieu of anything else that, that I or anyone else might do or that, as I say, these agencies are doing. I mean, my wife and I every year make a contribution to the Alameda County Community Food Bank. We've been doing it for many years. And, uh, and I, it's one of my favorite things that we do to, to give back to our community. And uh, we're going to continue to do that. Um, but when we do that, we write a check and send it off, and that's the last of it. Um, we don't have any concrete experience of what that does. I, I know what it does, and I'm glad for what it does. But when I buy a can of beans, I know what it means to eat those beans, and I know what it means to have somebody sitting at my table when I'm serving the beans or the pasta or whatever the case might be. And when you actually are giving a can of beans, it's like you're feeding somebody. It's, it's, it's a very different kind of thing. Um, again, it's not either or, it's both and. Um, it expands the field of generosity. And, uh, and it also expands my sense of who I am. Um, and what's interesting is that everyone who participates in this project has that experience. This is not something that I made up. It's something I observed in myself. But everyone I talk to, including people who I'm just telling about the project for the first time, they totally get it. There's, this is like the least hard sell thing I've ever had to do. Uh, because people get it's, it's painless, it's easy, it's, it's a total win-win. There's really, there's no blame or shame or obligation or, it's, it's like beyond altruism. It's, it's, Experiencing a natural state of generosity and giving and connection. So every time we tell someone new about it, I mean, I, I, I've, I can't think of anyone I've actually had turn me down. <laughs> uh, one time when I was just starting at this, I was at a cafe meeting with someone, and when that meeting was done, I noticed someone else in the cafe that I knew, that I had, another soccer friend that I hadn't seen in, in years, he said, well, what have you been doing? So I said, well, interesting you should ask. I'm doing this. And he said, I could fill a bag. I wasn't even asking him to do it. <laughs> so so it's been pretty remarkable uh, at that level. It, it, it's, it's growing slowly and organically, and my aim for this year is to, is to be a little bit more focused on, on growing it because the need is great. Um, and... <clears throat> and by the way, I meant to say when I was talking about the food stream and the 50,000 pounds every two months that they do up in Southern Oregon, and I'm sure that before long we'll be at that level and, and more. In fact, I'm pretty sure that within the next year or so we'll be bringing in more food than the Berkeley Food Pantry can handle, and we'll have to reach out to other organizations, which I think would be a, a good problem to have. But, you know, organizations like, like food pantries and the Alameda County Food Bank they, uh, it's a very common thing that they get tremendous amounts of donations in the latter part of the year, say between Thanksgiving and, and the end of the year. And I, I mean, there's no big mystery about that. Um, it's the end of when you can do a tax deduction. It's, it's the time when you're thinking about your own bounty and you want to share. But the need exists 12 months a year. And <clears throat> so that's another kind of brilliant aspect of this project is that it's providing food all throughout the year. I know that when I first started talking to the people at the food pantry, they were like, you know, you're walking on water. <laughs> they were, they were, it was such a, uh, you know, a godsend to have, to think that they would have additional provisions to, to provide because of our, you know, modest efforts throughout the year. Uh, so, so.
And how many how many people are involved right now? Right right now we have about a dozen or so uh, neighborhood coordinators, uh, and we don't have all of Berkeley covered. We're still kind of filling in pockets. Um, we have about a hundred and somewhere between 125 and 150 households, and we're collecting. Last time we did it was in December. We collected about 1,300 pounds of food. Um, so. You know, that's about right because it's, a, it's an average of about 10 pounds a bag is, is sort of the rule of thumb. Um, I I know that in a town like Berkeley and the surrounding communities, it, it would be nothing for us to have several thousand households doing this. And just imagine what that will do when we get to that. And, um, you know, it, I, I'm just thinking ahead a year or two or three from now and, and I, I think this is going to be a, just a, a, a phenomenon that's going to involve so much of our community and just spread to other communities. Eventually, I think they, the people in Oregon want to want to spawn this all over the country, and I think they will. Yeah. Let me. There's, there's something else that I that occurs to me. I, I want to hear what you have to say. I was struck by um, both first Jennifer and uh, and then you, and in our email exchange as well. Um, it was there was something um, really uplifting about your energy, mm-hmm. and it, it wasn't like you know, oh, I, I, you know, I'll go and make this pitch. It's like, oh, I want to tell these people the good news, and I, I just wonder if you could put into words a little bit about what this has meant for you. And what you get out of it? Sure, um, excellent question. You know how when you discover something that that really enlivens you, you want to share it with others uh, because you want them to feel enlivened. Uh, it could be a wonderful piece of music, or a great food, or restaurant, or a wonderful book, or whatever. You just you know you want them to have the same excitement and pleasure and joy that you have. Um, with this project. There, for me, there's never uh, a sense of uh, wanting to get someone to feel obliged or do it out of any sense of obligation. Um, it's, it's. I mentioned earlier the, the, the bigger sense of myself that I get out of taking part in this, and that's what I would like my friends and neighbors and and others that I know and people I don't know to feel. And it was sort of confirmed to me. Uh, it was on the second time I went around on my little route collecting food in my neighborhood when one of my neighbors, some, a woman I've known for many years, um, had her bag on her porch, and I noticed there was a little note card inside addressed to me. And she said, the, the note inside said, Dear Phil, thank you for expanding the generosity in our neighborhood. And I was like, you know, words to live by. You know, that, that and everyone... I talk with feels that. Now, there's sort of an interesting aspect of that, which I, I mentioned to you in the email, which is that feeling bad about it is basically not allowed in this game. Uh, I have people who uh, will tell me, uh, you know, when it comes time to pick up the bag or a couple of days before if I happen to see them on the block, uh, oh, I, I'll say, you got a green bag for me this week? And, and one time that was one dear lady who lives down the block from me said, Oh, no, Phil, I'm so bad. 
And I just laughed. I was like, bad has nothing to do with it. I mean, good doesn't even have anything to do with it. It's not about whether you're good or bad. It's a, it's just a chance for you to take part. You know, and it, and it's a chance for you to experience this. And if, if what you kind of get distracted by is thoughts like, oh, I'm so bad, or sort of a related one is, um, you know, I don't have very much this time. I mean, the way I look at it, if there's only one can of beans in the bag, that's a can of beans that wasn't available before, that some hungry person is going to eat. So that's good by me. There's no minimum donation required, you know. There's no um, threshold, no quota. It's all good. It's, it, you know, we sort of, we want everyone to feel that whatever their participation level is, it's good. It's a good thing. It's a win. So if you, if you're getting sort of hung up on I'm so bad or that's not enough, that's something for you to look at that, that, you know, that you want to process that is sort of an unintended but interesting consequence of the, of the design of the project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Makes you explore yeah. just your whole, uh, where you're coming from and your perspective on giving and should versus yeah. how good it feels. Exactly. And the, the Buddha, uh, as, as probably many of you know, the, the, um, of the, the different perfections, wholesome qualities that the Buddha spoke of, there's, there's ten, what are called ten paramitas or ten wholesome qualities, um, including loving kindness and equanimity and wisdom and honesty. And uh, the first of those ten is generosity. And it said that he would teach generosity to lay people as the very first thing that he'd teach before about meditation, before even about morality or virtue, because... um, it is this, it's both this feeling that when we're in, that anybody, anybody, whether you are a practitioner or not, knows that feeling of how good it feels when you share something with a loved one. Start with a loved one, you know. Oh, you ever, you ever have a, an ice cream cone and it's so good and you're with a friend, you say, oh, you gotta try some of this, you know. You know that feeling? I mean, this is like, getting down to a mundane level, you know. But you know that, you, oh, you, you just got to try it because you just, it feels so good that you want to share. And when you share, you know, maybe not too big a bite, but, you know, just a, but you got, it's so good. You really want to have a, have that feeling of sharing because it, um, it opens the heart. It expands the heart. It is, it's like the essence of the wholesome states that I, I, I teach in the joy course that when there's an expansion, where there's a, an outflowing of energy, it's actually a much greater joy than getting. Uh, and the Dalai Lama has this, um, this phrase, uh, he sometimes uh, talks about selfish altruism. And he says, when we give, when we have an altruistic impulse, we're really doing it for ourselves. And he's, he, he talks about this. He says, it's not, don't associate the word selfish with bad. It's good 
it's selfish altruism. He's just kind of naming that we are really doing it for our own uplift of how good it feels. And if you, if we get into, as we often do, or we can do, get into um, a relationship of giving to those who will need as being, where, where the helpers and they're the helpies, then we're missing out on the joy of that exchange. What Ramdas in uh, his book, How Can I Help, uh, which is an incredible book on service, he talks about as helper's prison, mm-hmm. where you're, you're saying, oh yes, I will help this person, and, and, you f- and you are in this role where you are the helper and they are the helpy, and you miss out on the fullness of the exchange of, it's just, it feels, that's where the real joy is, and if somebody can receive graciously, then so much the better. But even if you don't get a thank you, even if it's an anonymous, what's called helper's high, when you give anonymously and nobody knows, you know, then that's, that's, that's another level of, of, of joy. So, um, I, that was something that was really mm-hmm. clear. Your infectious fun that you're mm-hmm. getting from mm-hmm. this. There are so many, um, kind of unexpected positive offshoots of this. Um, uh, you know, one, one of the things that they told me up in Oregon when, when we went up to observe their operation and, and, uh, and, you know, agreed to, to do this down here was that, you know, this is not, it's not really about the food. I mean, it, it's about the food. Obviously, that's the that's the the nominal purpose of the of the work. Uh, or or put it another way, it's not just it's not about feeding people just with food. It's about feeding people in other ways. We you know, as I'm sure you all know, there's a there's a terrific deep spiritual hunger in our world, and this effort. Participating in this effort is providing people an opportunity to satisfy that hunger. And uh, every time I go out and collect bags, I'm sure Jennifer is experiencing this too. Other people I talk to who do that have reported this to me. People give us their full bags and they say, thank you. You know, we, we're thanking them, but they say, thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do this. Because they're, they, you know, they may have thought initially that they were going to be doing something to help someone else, mm-hmm. but they they tapped into what you were just talking about, mm-hmm. um, and and they like it, <laughs> you know, uh, and it, it enriches them, you know. And there there's another aspect to to this as as you're to this kind of giving that uh, again I uh, reflect on the teachings and the the karmic impact of of exchange, and that is. Um, it's one thing if you say write a check. Always, you know, feels good. Oh, I'm being generous. But there's um, there's a whole other level of um, karmic impact and joy when you feel an actual connection with somewhere along the line that chain of exchange where there's 
a person-to-person contact. Here, oh, I'm giving it mm. to you, Phil. Oh, and I know you're going to be bringing it to the mm. to the food pantry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like you are you come alive in that exchange in mm-hmm. a very different way than just putting something in an envelope and um, you know putting a stamp on it. Mm-hmm. So there's an an actual enlivening connection that one can experience. It, it's very concrete. You really, you know, like I was saying earlier, when you hold a can of beans in your hand, you know what that means. You know what that feels like and you you know, going down your gullet. Not the can, but the beans. <laughs> um, you know, I, I often think that every major religious tradition um, exhorts its followers to to do work that will alleviate human suffering. Uh, and different traditions treat it differently. One of the things that's always attracted me to the Buddhist tradition was the sense that um, you, you want to be careful not to create additional suffering. <laughs> uh, I think I heard, I think it was Philip Moffat I heard first use that term, additional suffering, and I just thought it was brilliant. Um, and, and that's one of the things I like about this project. It was not devised by Buddhists particularly, but it, but it has that quality about it that that, as I was saying earlier, it's that we, we're not looking for anyone to feel any kind of guilt or obligation or compulsion. We want, we want this to be as clean as, as we can humanly make it. And that seems to be the way it's, it's working out. It also has repercussions that have to do with things that, that uh, uh, you know, on the face of it, don't have anything to do with food or collecting food. Um, and things like community building. I, I just saw in an email from some people up in uh, in southern Oregon, that uh, this one woman who's a neighborhood coordinator, much of her neighborhood is actually her apartment building, and one of the women in her apartment building who was part of her neighborhood had, I forget what it was, some calamitous illness or injury. And so the people who she whom she had recruited for this project are now engaged in taking turns caring for this lady. Um, so they created this this sort of micro community, of, uh, ostensibly for this project. But the community is theirs. You know, it doesn't have to just collect food. It's there for them to do whatever they want with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that reminds me of a, of an observation that that Jennifer made to me a few days ago that I thought was wonderful. That I would like to ask her to to make to share with the the group here. Mm-hmm. Jennifer here. Hi, <laughs> I'm Jennifer. Um, yeah, uh, I, uh, I I wanted to say my husband and I we're called upon, you know, often by various organizations to help out, and we're happy to do that. But our 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 experience usually is that we're doing the right thing, but it it, it kind of has this um, energy of you know, trying to put a drop in the ocean of endless need, and it kind of has this declining energy feel about it. And when I first um, uh, read an article about the Berkeley Neighborhood Food Project, the thing that, that attracted me to it right off the bat just by reading how it was structured was the energy it could bring to the people who were participating. And I thought, well, this is this is really cool. It's an opportunity for for people to feel connected together as a neighborhood, um, to know they're, they're contributing in a real way to people who need it, 
you know, locally in their community. And because of the emphasis that they have on um, feeling good about whatever it is you're donating, not, you know, what whatever it is with, with um, no sense of there should be more or anything like that, it's an opportunity for people to work with the idea of just feeling good about themselves for what they're doing. And I thought, this is so great. It's like Sangha, Donna, and Metta all rolled into one, you know. And uh, so I, I um, sent out an email to people in my neighborhood, and just within a couple days I got 12 people saying, yeah, I want to do this. And it wasn't just, oh, sure, I'll do it as a favor. People were really excited, and they kept expressing all this gratitude to me for Thanks for setting this up. I'm so glad, you know, I can do this. You're making this so easy. And it's just sort of like they they got that sense of um, creating this really positive energy together right away. And so for me, it was great. I was getting all this, you know, really wonderful energy through the Internet and from all these emails. And it, it's just kind of um, what Phil was saying. There's it, it just creates, it's a different model of, uh, this really, um, I don't know, positive coming together for something to participate and contribute to something, you know, bigger in a way that just kind of feeds everybody in spirit. And and I, I just got really excited about it <laughs> and mentioned it to James. I'm really glad Phil is here. Well, let me ask you, uh, as one of the neighborhood coordinators, is, is that the, the no. title? Um, so how does it work? On your end, how how much time do you put in, and and what what do you go about doing? Just in case there's somebody out here who would want to be a neighborhood coordinator, and uh, what what that involves. It's, it's see, it's really easy. Um, I haven't had. I just started doing this in December, so I haven't gone around and collected bags yet. But so far, all I've had to do is you know I sent out an email to people, collected their um, collected the responses, kind of set up a little you know, a database of who they are and where they are on my street and their phone numbers. Um, and then gone around and dropped off a bag at everybody's house. And I plan to, I did send out another email kind of, it's mid, kind of in between the months, just saying, you know, in, in case you forgot all about it like I did, you know, remember in another month or so we're going to collect the bags. And then um, at the next collection date, it'll just be, you know, I've, I've agreed in my own mind that that one Saturday morning every two months I'll I'll donate that morning and go around and collect these bags and bring them down to the food pantry. It just it seems really easy for everybody. And, and so you're doing with twelve families now. And mm-hmm. it's like what would what would uh, is there any range of how many families or uh, th- that a coordinator might might do it with? Yeah, um, twelve is is about. Kind of normal or average. Um, I, without trying, I got over 30 within the first couple of weeks, uh, uh, and and I actually was doing that for a few months, and then it got to be too much just because it took too long on collection day to, to pick them all. I was always the last one in at the church, and they're all waiting around. When's Phil going to get here? Uh, so I actually lived just a few blocks from here on the other side of Dwight, and so I found one of my donors who lives in this neighborhood to become a neighborhood coordinator. So she's taken over six or eight of the people that were in this neighborhood, and she's got big plans for growing her list here. So um, 
Uh, well, yeah, like Jennifer says, it, it takes a couple of hours on collection day. And by the way, I was just thinking as you were saying that that you made a, an agreement that on you know on Saturday every other month you're going to do that. You know, if it happens that one collection day you're going to be on vacation, you know that's that's allowed. You just find someone else to do the collection. It's like there's there's again that that thing about no guilt or obligation or you know applies to the neighborhood coordinators too. Um, so uh, in between the the you know during the two month period in between collections, you know it's just a matter of sending out reminders a couple of times and you know I've sent things like. Uh, a list of suggested non-perishable items. Or I will tell people, last time we collected this much food, it's great, we're doing great, thank you so much for doing it. You know, just to kind of every once in a while mention it to them. Sometimes people do forget and, and you know, the night before collection day, they run to the supermarket and fill their bag, you know, which is fine if that's the way they want to do it. So it's just, you know, they've got other things on their mind. It's helpful just to kind of support them. You know. And um, when you're... When you're collecting it, suppose is it are all the bags collected by all the coordinators on the same day, yes. or is it so that it's all coordinated, everybody doing it together, and the church is yes, ready and for the it. church has volunteers there waiting to collect to receive the food, and and actually when when the folks in Oregon um, got going with this and and sort of refined their model, and then as they've been sort of empowering other people to do it, there's really only two things that they really want us to 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 do. Um, the, the rest of it is sort of up to us. But one of them is use the green bag, and it's a nice kind of very identifiable. They even actually provide them. You know, we buy them from them. Uh, and then they they had set up the model so that the collection day is always the second Saturday of an even-numbered month. And it's just like a mnemonic. It's just a handy thing so that you can always tell people when it's going to be. Actually, as it turns out in February, we're going to do it on the third Saturday because the church is busy on the second Saturday. But... But, but you know, th other than that, it's like however you want to organize it. And so, but that makes it handy for the, for one thing, for the local food pantries and those agencies because they know they're going to get an influx of food at that time, too. Excellent. Well, how about if we just uh, open it up, if there's any um, any questions, comments, um, just to check this out. Sure. Uh, Put it uh, right next to your mouth, kind of on an angle like this. So the food that's donated, does it have to be like prepackaged canned things or dried things? How about homemade jams or something like that? Would well, we those? we try to uh, uh, avoid glass because the glass can break. Uh, you know, we we're I mean, I had thirty or more bags in my car at one time and. There's a bunch of them coming together at the church, and so there's that practical concern. Um, you know, you're the first one who's actually brought up, to, in my experience, the whole prospect of homemade things. Um, I suppose jams wouldn't be perishable in that sense, but it's 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 sort of unconventional. I, I don't know what to say. That's an interesting question. I mean, I wouldn't turn it down, but um, it's it's. I guess my the main thing I, that comes to mind is. What's best for the pantry? And they're used to handling certain types of things that are in boxes or cans uh, or, you know, plastic bags like pasta and stuff like that. And so I, I don't want to create more problems for them. And so I would, 
if, if, if you were one of my donors and you asked me that question, I would probably try to gently direct you in, in another direction. But I would say, you know, how I can help you with that jam at my house. You know, <laughs> Great. There were a few other hands. Uh, yeah. Uh, when I've volunteered at uh, the food pantry or at uh, the food bank, uh, something people don't know is that they have to. It has to be within the date, so it's not like you can just give your old. Mm. You know, it's you need to look at the date on your cans and um, should point. be current. Good point. Thank you. I actually I was thinking of that just in my own house the other day because I I know I have a couple of things in my pantry that are approaching or may have even exceeded their their uh, best buy date, and I was thinking, nah, I'm not going to give that to them. That's not right, you know. So, good point. Thank you. Right behind you, Kudra. Um, do Do you close, have to close, Do you have to live in Berkeley to do that? No. Okay. Actually, my daughter lives in Montclair, and she has recruited her entire book group, uh, all of whom live, I think, in Oakland. And she collects the bags from them and they and brings them to me and uh-huh. her book group is a neighborhood. So Okay. So yeah, and I mean at, right like, now all of the things that we collect are going to the Berkeley Food Pantry. And so, will they at some point maybe go to Oakland and I'm sure in Richmond. fact we we do have some neighborhoods like in the Berkeley Oakland border, like by Claremont Avenue mm-hmm. and, and, and mm-hmm. around there. Um at some point when we grow more, I'm sure, as I said earlier, we'll be reaching out to other service agencies that serve Oakland and, and Emeryville and Richmond and, and whatnot. Yeah. I probably won't be organizing all of that <laughs> myself. Okay. okay. This guy and is an organizer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm good, how, but I'm not that good. <laughs> how do you sign up? Um, the easiest way for you to sign up would be to go to berkeleyfoodproject.org. And there's a, a little button that you can click that says something like, I want to be a donor or I want to volunteer. Uh, and then someone will, you'll fill out, there's like a little form online that you fill out. Um, if I don't know if this, we didn't even talk about this, but if you want, I could send you an email that you could share with the Sangha, if you, if, you know, and then that would provide a little bit more information. You can also just get a hold of me and, you know, we need to know where you are so that we can assign you to someone. We need to know if you're willing to be a neighborhood coordinator. That would, that's helpful, too. So, And for that matter, the, this sangha could be a neighborhood or, or meant several neighborhoods. You know, it's up to you. What, what, what do you want to do? So. Thank you for doing Thank that. you. Just across the way. Yeah. Um, I'm also moved by the notion of it kind of setting a mindset for everybody who's involved. Uh, that's one of the first things that struck me is once you start doing this kind of thing, it creates a whole mindset in the community. Um, and, you know, I was listening to somebody on the radio today talking about the gun control stuff, and he's a big gun control activist. And is this really going to change anything? And he says, you know, it's really important that the president is now saying this is how we have to think about things, whether or not these laws are going to, Stop people from shooting people is another story, but it's creating that that community feeling and mindset. And so to be getting everybody in your neighborhood to be thinking about other people, I think that's mm-hmm. that's really great. 
good point. Thank as, you. As they, as, and I, everything I've been reading, say, about um, climate change and um, and what might be coming uh, down the pike is uh, the more communities are familiar with working together, um, the the better the um, ability to cope with uh, with things when they get really hard. Also, about 30 years ago, I was living with some people who were very involved in early ecology action and recycling. And he was saying, you know, recycling is not efficient. At least it wasn't 30 years ago. It costs more to recycle cans and bottles than it does not to, but it's part of a whole education of getting people to think differently and look how different it is now than it was 30 years ago in terms of that. Well, to go on with that, uh, I think that is the personal generosity part is important, maybe the most important, but also raising awareness. You mean there are people in Berkeley who don't have enough to eat? Uh, you know, and I mean the uh, pointing toward larger social action, in a sense, is very important. And um, uh, 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 for example, a friend of mine said. Uh, that she participated not in this, but at the, and she said, you know, a lot of these people are working, as if, you know, it was a revelation. And so these are the things that come out for the person who's interested in hunger and may carry this further. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, a lot of the clientele of the Berkeley Food Pantry, from what I can tell, are families, and they may not be homeless. They're just what's called food insecure. They don't. They just don't have enough. Where some other hands over here, and just pass it. Is it on? Yeah. It'll be on in a moment. Now try it. Okay. So I, I was just thinking about the part where you, you were talking about the person who said, oh, I'm bad. You know, how in a way it can really be because of that wonderful feeling of connecting, just like every time you buy a can, and I'm thinking about also like collections at our kids' school, that it just feels so good to, you know, to put that can in the bag or to think about it when you're grocery shopping. It's that ongoing feeling. And for me, Forgetting would be kind of a reminder of where I've been and what I'm stressing about and how I'm, how I'm not being present. So it's almost like it can help you in in many different ways. If you're not thinking of it as I'm bad, you're just thinking, wow, I've really been gone this week, you know, or whatever, this month or whatever, consumed. And and this is this is part of what I really need to reconnect with, you know. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, anything can become a practice for for self-liberation, if you look at it right. And, and uh, you know, when I first heard about this, I thought, this is great. This is something that's really going to help our community. And I really had no idea that it was going to do that much work on me. But I relished it all the more. By the way, can I just, uh, as a little side thing, you mentioned the lady who said, I'm bad. And she's really such a sweet person and a good friend. And uh, something really funny happened the other day. The family that lives right next to, to her and her family is a young family with two young children. And the other day, uh, the mother of that family was walking down the street past my house with her little two-year-old boy in a stroller. 
And uh, I, I was just coming into my house and saw them and said, hi. And, and I, I said, hi to the mom. And, and then the, the little boy who didn't recognize me at first said, who are you? And I said, I'm Phil. And he said, oh, hi, Phil. I give you food. <laughs> and, and then the mother laughed and, and was kind of embarrassed and said, you know, my kids think that we're giving you the food. <laughs> and I have, to, I have to explain to them, no, that's not for them. They have enough food. It's for other people. <laughs> so this little two-year-old boy was so proud of himself. But I give you food, you know. You're doing okay? You getting enough to eat, Phil? You know? Yeah, I'm doing all right, you know. <laughs> yeah. So. Mm. Something else that uh, that I'm remembering is um, many years ago, um, my wife and I uh, went to Sri Lanka and were fortunate enough to get to know uh, this uh, incredibly inspiring man who has come here to uh, to Berkeley, uh, whose name is uh, A.T. Aryaratna, who's known as the Gandhi of Sri Lanka. Um, and he started... A, um, an organization called Sarvodia, which um, is, uh, the, the name Sarvodia means the awakening of all. And something like um, many millions, a big percentage of the country, anybody in, in, in Sri Lanka would know Sarvodia, but a, a very significant percentage of the country uh, has been involved in Sarvodia um, projects. And what they did, uh, and Ari uh, explained this to us, they would train um, people who, who say, I want to work for Sarvodia. And they would train community organizers to go out into a village and get the people together and the the organizer would would say um, would get all the different uh, factions of of the the village together and say, "What do you really need in this village?" And they would think about it and come back with some project. Oh, we really need a new water pump or a bridge from here to here or some project that they all agreed was like a um, uh, would be of benefit to all. And then the organizer, they, he or she would not bring in experts. What the organizer, the, the brilliance of it, what the organizer would do would be to organize the community. How are they going to get what they need? How are they going to come together and all contribute to this project. What they, what was called the Shramadana. It was a, each, each project is called a Shramadana. You know, the word dana, generosity. And Shramadana is a, a project of generosity. And he said, it didn't matter what the village wanted, whether it was a bridge or a water pump or, you know, a, a, a new, a new uh, shed here or there. He said, if you give people, if you can create the conditions for people to come together and be generous with each other, then the Dharma 
will naturally flourish. And he was interested in, this is like the, the uh, calling card for the Dharma. And he also had people, he would train uh, everybody to sit together and, and other Dharma things, but, but not overtly Dharma. He said, the magic is in coming together and being generous with each other. And it was, it's really quite brilliant, and he's quite an inspiring guy. But this is, this is a neighborhood shamadana. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know about you. I have a feeling perhaps you as well, but just hearing about it makes me happy. Um, anybody else have that feeling? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious um, if you... If you thought, oh, that would be a cool thing to contribute to or participate in, just let me see your your hand. Okay. How wonderful! Doesn't it feel good to put your hand up? Oh yeah, I want to do that too. You know? So, um, any other questions, comments before we uh, before we close? Yeah, Jackie, here. Let me, let's get the uh, the mic up and. Uh, Oh, you, 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 you're thinking you might like someone to talk to them about it? Huh. Uh, what time of day is it? Uh-huh. I think it's at 7 p.m., but I don't remember. Yeah, unfortunately, I have, I have something going on in the evening. Uh-huh. But, but I might be able to find someone else to talk to them. Can we talk after the yeah. meeting? So that's one thing also. Besides, there's different levels of participation and like like... Phil said, this is not about guilt or pressure or not doing enough, but what would be nourishing for you, uh, whether it's taking a, a bag or getting a bag or being a coordinator, if you've got the energy and you want to get even more joy uh, or wanting to organize something in your neighborhood or maybe have somebody, Phil or somebody else, come out and speak to a group. Um, there just, are other volunteer roles in the project too, but those are the main ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so they would what, go to berkeleyfoodproject.org. Mm-hmm. That's the easiest uh, thing to remember and to do is just go to the website and there's a, a link you can click on there. I, I haven't looked at it in a while, but I think it says I want to volunteer or something like that. And that, that will open up a, a thing where you put in your name and address and that kind of stuff. And then mm-hmm. someone will receive that and, Hmm. Figure out what to do with you. And does that mean also just volunteer to take a bag and and to fill yeah, it up? Yeah, there there are things you can check off. Like I want to be a food donor. Mm-hmm. You can do just that, mm-hmm. or you can do I want to be a neighborhood coordinator, which really implies that you're also going to be a food donor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember if there's any other things you can check off at that point, mm-hmm. but what it, then someone will see that, will see your you know, waving your hand and and find, connect you with the right person. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, the thought occurred to me, although we're kind of spread out geographically, it would be really cool if most people who come to this community uh, were taking this on perhaps as a, not taking, not taking it on as a burden, but taking it on as a practice of being involved with the Berkeley Food Project. It could be our uh, one of our service practices, even just to 
stick a cannon when uh, mm-hmm. when you go to uh, go to shop. And um, if you if you raised your hand a moment ago, mm-hmm. without any guilt or any any bad feeling, uh, if you don't, but if you do, I would really um, ask you to remember. What's the website again? Berkeleyfoodproject.org. I wanted to hear it from you. Uh, what is it? Berkeleyfoodproject.org. Okay. And, I, and, and I, I, excuse me one second, James. I think there's even a place um, when you fill out that form where you can put a note like where you came from, like how you heard about it, I think. Uh, and so you could, it would be helpful just for us to kind of know who you are. If you said, I mean, how do you identify the song guy? Inside Berkeley? Uh, Insight, in- yeah. In- I am uh, CB or Insight Berkeley. Yeah. yeah. That uh, IMCB probably wouldn't ne- mean much to the yeah. volunteers. Yeah. That, you know, but, Insight Berkeley. But Insight Berkeley, I could alert them that when you see that that's, that's this group. Mm-hmm. And uh, it'd be interesting to see how many people sign up. And, you know, we, the, the obvious and easy thing for us to do, if nothing else happens, is for us to say, oh, well, this person lives over in. On the north side of town, we're going to assign her to this neighborhood. This person lives in Central Berkeley. We're, you know, we'll just do what we normally do. But if there's a lot of you, and you want to form your own neighborhood, you know, I mean, it's up to you. It's you know, uh, however you choose to do it. You know, a moment ago you were talking about the the joy, the good feeling that you got when you raised your hand. It, this may sound obscure, but it reminded me of something that. It, I'm a lover of literature, and, and many years ago I read something that always stuck with me. One of my favorite authors is Gabriel Garcia Marquez, 100 Years of Solitude, and many other magnificent books. And I read an interview with him many, many years ago where he was talking about how he became a writer. And um, he said that he, when he was a boy growing up, he used to hear these fantastical stories from his grandmother who would say things like, oh, every time that man comes over, we get butterflies in the house. And... and, and um, and he, but he, he wanted to do that in his writing and he didn't feel like he had license to. And then he read Franz Kafka, who began a story with Gregor Samsa, a work from a night of fevered dreams to find he had been turned into a giant insect. And Garcia Marquez had the thought, you mean you can do that? And that's the way, I, that's what I was thinking of when I heard you say that about raising your hand and how I respond to this project and how I see other people respond. You mean I can, I can join that? I can do that? No fee, no, you know. It's, yeah, you get to do this, <laughs> you know. It's like that. Very, Long, long-winded explanation, but it's, it's the same feeling, I think. Very cool. No. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for having me. For being yeah. here and for all the work for years with the soccer, with Berkeley Soccer, yeah. and, uh, and now for, um, contributing. In Thank such you. A Thank you, James. It's a, you know, this is, this is, this community is my home and has given me so much, and I'm I'm just grateful to have the chance to give something to it. So, thank you very much, and please join us. We'd love to have you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Hold on, we're oh, going to just oh, uh, finish okay. with we'll finish with a, a, a short loving kindness just to extend it out to everybody, and then we'll be gone just uh, for a moment. Get in touch with whatever is going on for you now, and if there's one about oh how good it feels to to share and. Um, contribute and that we all have something to give our caring, our hearts, our resources.
and then send some appreciation and loving kindness to your own good heart that feels joy in that. May I feel all the goodness inside and share my love well. And then to extend that out to everybody here in this room, to everybody in Berkeley, and then to all beings in all directions, as I want to feel the joy of generosity, may all, and they all share their love well and awaken to their true nature. And may our coming here together be of benefit to all beings everywhere. Thank you very much. Thanks again, Phil, Thank Jennifer. You. See you next week. And uh, if you can help with the chairs, bring a chair back. Your your next Donna engagement and stack them very neatly. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.